What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. As always, fellas, how are you guys doing, Matt? Uh, we, we're over the whole episode 420 thing. What happens on 421? Uh nothing you go back to normal life it's you, you, there's no hangover dan that's the great thing about celebrating 420 <laughs> no hangover from episode 420 <laughs> to 421 uh good advice for sure ryan how you doing bud i don't know i kind of feel hungover from some of those players we had to draft last last <laughs> week that was pretty rough well that's because you didn't celebrate to get through it <laughs> no that's, doubt maybe so we did 2015 last week, 2014 the year before that. Yeah. Uh, sure, I'm sure you can all week. figure out where we're going this week. We're going to the 2016 draft and going to talk about some of these players. We're going to flashback, uh, try to try to pick these players and and pick them based on their their career to to date as well as what we project going forward. So we've kind of explained this. Uh, maybe at nauseum, fellas. Let's just get right into it. Uh, Matt, you had a number one pick. I had a number one pick this week. Ryan, you get the number one pick. And I don't know if it's necessarily the 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 draft class to have the number one pick in. Maybe it's better to be a little later in the draft because things kind of bounce around. But it gets, get just like the last couple of weeks, it gets kind of ugly at some point. Uh, there's definitely a tier, though, to talk about here. Yeah, there really is. Uh, honestly, I feel like we all get a number one overall pick tonight. I don't know if if our orders will all agree, but I think the top three players in this uh, in this class are all worthy of being uh, the top top overall selection. Uh, I am going to go with. Michael Thomas uh, at the top. Uh, he has led the led the class in fantasy scoring over twelve hundred points uh, in just uh, in just four seasons. He was the wide receiver seven as a rookie, uh, and that's that's actually been his worst season. Wide receiver seven, six, six, and that huge season last year as wide receiver one. He's the dynasty wide receiver one, uh, really by a pretty wide margin at this point for most people. Uh, and and is a top three overall player according to uh, our recent ADP. So um, it's it's a close call between uh, him and and the next two players on on my ranking. I think you know Dan, we have had this conversation the past two episodes. I think the further we go along with this, uh, 
the more it makes sense to include future projections. Uh, and I know I was, I was on the other side of that discussion on our first episode, but uh, most of these players, at least the players we're going to see, uh, I guess in the first round, still have some productive years ahead of them. And uh, I think Thomas might have the most uh, of at least the first couple of players. Yeah, and, and not just productive seasons, but maybe elite type seasons, as we've seen from Michael Thomas in 2019. The, we, we can really expect as dynasty owners to see a lot of that going forward. He was my 101 as well. Matt, you're on the clock at 102. I'm interested to hear, would, would he have been your first pick if you were flashing back to 2016? No, he he wouldn't have been. He would have been. He'd have been Ooh, he'd... so we got a little intrigue. I had Thomas at one. Ryan, you had Thomas at one. And for those of you that are thinking back to the class and maybe not at a computer and can look back right now uh, and think about that class, that was the Ezekiel Elliott to the Cowboys draft where he went fourth overall. We've seen other uh, skill position players like Corey Coleman and Josh Doxson and Laquan Treadwell in the first round. Uh, Will Fuller always also went in the first round. And then the quarterbacks at the beginning of that draft, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Of course, we're, we're doing this like a, like a super flex draft. There's a lot of good players here, Matt. If Michael Thomas wasn't your one-on-one, who was Dan? How, how many spoilers are you going to give for this episode? Gee, you stole my number. <laughs> you stole my thunder with the second pick and then gave away all the other ones too. What is going on? Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't give away all of them. <laughs> There's one names. that's going to sneak uh, in. No, my number two pick you said right away is, uh, is going to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I think it's that, you know, that running back premium, uh, Zeke finished in his rookie season as the running back two. In his second season, he finished in ten games because of uh, you know the suspension. Uh, he finished as the running back twelve in just ten games, running back five in twenty eighteen, and then back up to the running back three in twenty nineteen. And and I wouldn't be surprised if if twenty twenty honestly, it, you know, obviously if we have the season, it could be his best year yet. Uh, I know he's going to be twenty five. We're scared of these guys that are, you know, he's on, he's on a second contract now. I got that big that big deal, so he's got some job job security there, right? But he is twenty five, so I know that's that's when we like to start selling these guys. But I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with that offense. We've talked about it p- plenty. The offensive line not as good as it maybe was last year, or the year before, and, and you know, in Zeke's quote unquote prime earlier in his career, but still very good offensive line. Maybe the best set of wide receivers in the in the in the entire league now with uh, uh, adding CD Lamb in this draft so I just don't know how you're going to ever be able to stack the the box against Zeke uh, and and also defend that passing game at the same time so I would not be surprised at all if Zeke is you know is in I mean he's always in consideration for the running back one overall but I think especially in 2020 Um, so uh, he would have been my 101 in this in this particular class well you know we can't all be right Matt (laughs) I know you guys are often aren't I understand (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Zeke. no doubt is Zeke hey he was the 101 when, when we went back to 2016 he was the 101 in every single class I shouldn't say every single class that because there were there were a few right Ryan that that went and took Laquan Treadwell <laughs> made that mistake uh man we, we don't need to spend too much time on that Zeke Michael Thomas either way you're in really good shape I'm at on the clock at three and luckily, I have the pick at 104 as well, because there's two guys worth considering, in my opinion, at least. And they're both guys that were 
were really pushed down the board back in 2016. Guys that were selected maybe even in the fourth round in rookie drafts. Maybe Dak Prescott was a little bit earlier in Superflex drafts, but he went undrafted in most drafts. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at 103, a guy that, according to our ADP fellas, was was undrafted. He he didn't go in, in rookie drafts back in 2016 and has been really a staple in your dynasty roster every single week as long as he's been active at least. The upside of him really carrying you every single week for a stretch of the season is is just too much to pass up, really. So he moved way up the board. That Him being in that Chiefs offense, attached to that coaching staff, that quarterback, Patrick Mahomes delivering him the football and being the number one guy in that offense, it's just too much. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the third best player in this class, at least according to me. And then I go on the clock again at 104, and I'm going to dip into the quarterbacks. I mentioned Wentz and Goff, the guys that were taken early in the NFL draft back in 2016. I'll take Dak Prescott, who was selected in the fourth round by the Cowboys, and of course, we all know, immediately jumped up to the top of that depth chart, took over that offense, and has slowly climbed into becoming really a dynasty darling, a guy that we all want on our rosters he has gone from from you know middling quarterback one as a rookie all the way up now to to a top two or three quarterback late or later in his career just a guy that kind of came out of nowhere for me i wasn't a big fan early on i wish i could flash back knowing what i know now and take dak prescott because really fellas you could take him in the third round and people would say, what the heck is this guy doing in a super flex draft taking Dak Prescott and you'd come out smelling like a rose. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, there's an argument to have him number one, I think in a super flex format. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think both of those players in hindsight, and I mean, this, this exercise is all about hindsight, but if we really could, if we took this class of 2016 and it was actually the class of 2020, I think both of those players would be more on the radar than they were four or five years ago. You know, I mean, Prescott was drafted. Even He was a fourth-round pick, so he's he's an early day three pick, and he's drafted behind an aging quarterback. I, I mean, now, you know, we all play in super flex leagues, and over the past couple of years when it, the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Chargers, any of these teams that have these veteran quarterbacks, when they have drafted a, a rookie, even if it is day two, day three, we pay attention to that player. We chase that player. And it was like, Ryan, that's, that's really interesting because I think Dak is the guy that opened our eyes to that maybe as dynasty owners. It might be, you know, maybe, and, and, and Tyreek Hill kind of has his own story as well, that he was, uh, he was a big time recruit. I mean, of course, obviously had, had the off field issues that, and, and that's really what, uh, what ultimately pushed him to the fifth round. But, but both of those players went undrafted in, in a lot of leagues and, and maybe, maybe their stories and their success has really changed the way we play dynasty in, in some sense. Yeah. So really this, this 2016 shaped what we're doing now in 2020 and 2021 and beyond 
uh, I think it's a good lesson to learn for sure. And, and Tyreek Hill is one of the guys, Ryan and Matt, that, that opened my eyes as a dynasty owner because so often in the past I see these guys getting in trouble off the field and I just wipe my slate clean of that guy. He is gone to me. Not an asset I'm trying to gain. I'm, I'm not trying to add him to my rosters. And maybe Tyreek Hill, because of the extra chances he's, he has gotten, uh, and maybe he'll he'll ruin this for me as well down the road. But there are times now, even we're we're doing startup drafts and and startup auctions right now, where I am intrigued by Tariq Hill. I'm getting pulled in once again, even though in the past I I've said to myself these guys that are perennially in trouble, I want to avoid. Matt, you are on the clock at 105. You got Zeke, your top overall guy at the second pick. Who are you going to take at five, and where did he fall in your rankings? Uh, he was the clear five for me uh, just after Dak. Again, this is super flex, so I think I have to go with Carson Wentz here. Someone who in, you know, recently I think is maybe maybe a little bit undervalued you know we talk about his injury history they drafted Jalen Hurts you know there's there's a there's a a small camp that thinks he should be the starter over Carson Wentz um, he has missed eight games in his fourth season and in, in 2017 he missed uh, three games and in 2018 he missed uh, missed five games which is you know a lot for a quarterback um, I'll give you that but we have to remember how good he was as a, as a, as a rookie he was quarterback 24 pretty impressive for uh, his first year you know in, in that season it was clear that he was he had this kind of gunslinger mentality he's tried to you know put the world on his shoulders and threw through 14 interceptions that year um but since then has only thrown seven interceptions in in each of his the 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 the, the three most recent seasons um going back to 2017 as you know his mvp kind of caliber career when he threw 30 plus touchdowns finished as quarterback five 2018 again was that injury plagued season where he missed five games still the quarterback 23 though despite missing five games and then just last year bounced back again up to quarterback nine so he's a top 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 10 guy he falls clearly I think if we're talking about our quarterback tiers falls clearly in that second tier which is you know uh, it's it's a wide tier it's not quite that elite tier that top five uh, six if you want to throw a Russell Wilson in there uh, um, but uh, you know a, a solid fantasy quarterback I think and 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 currently uh, where is he going Ryan in in July ADP now uh, gosh I should have this right here I don't though yeah, he's he's fallen a little bit. I mean, still, I think he's I think he's honestly one of the top buys of yeah, this offseason. Absolutely, that's we, what. Was... Yeah, we saw we saw that production last year. Things fell apart for the Eagles, and, and he's still produced. Right. Um. And, and you know now they've added Jalen Rager, and and they get some of these guys back. So, uh, I mean, this is a guy who at one point was the QB one in in dynasty leagues. So absolutely. Uh, he he was my pick there, and he, uh, he I think he's a, a great uh, trade target this offseason. Yeah, we have to remember, like, the last two seasons he's been throwing to Greg Ward and uh, the tight ends, of course, Zach Ertz. And, and, but but receiver-wise, he's had literally nobody to throw the ball to, basically. Uh, the, the, the shell of, of, of Alshon Jeffrey, um, you know, one, one game of Deshaun Jackson. But other than that, really not a lot to help him out at the wide receiver position. So now that he's got some weapons uh, around him, they've, they've, it seems like they've made an effort to do so. We have Miles Sanders, obviously, a very good receiving option out of the backfield, and they found some chemistry later last season so uh i'm i'm excited about carson wentz going forward and if there's anybody in that second tier you know based on age and 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 upside i think he's the one that has a chance to get into that next tier um so yeah carson wentz easy easily the fifth i think in this draft 
Yeah, I think I can speak for all of us when I say that Wentz was easily the fifth guy for all of us. And and Wentz, when I look at him, when I when I see his name on the draft board, when I'm in these startup drafts or auction auctions, every time I think to myself, all I see is that MVP uh, type performance that he had a couple of years ago. That that's the player that I'm looking at. And like you said, Ryan, that that creates a value that that's a buying opportunity for those of us in dynasty leagues at 105 in a super flex league going back to then that might turn out to be the steal. If we look a few years later, look back on this draft, Wentz might be the guy that that was the the steal of this draft. Ryan, you uh, you led things off with Michael Thomas. I think you did a good job there, Matt kind of raised an eyebrow to that you have a couple picks at 106 and 107 who do we have here yeah it was a tough choice at the top um but i'm feeling good about that now because to me uh we've got a tier break after seven and and i get the next two guys so i'll see if you guys agree with me at six overall i'm gonna take the other quarterback i'll take jared goff he was the top overall pick uh in that nfl draft uh and has scored uh, he scored 882 fantasy points, sixth most in this class. We we remember uh, that that terrible rookie season he had. I mean, lots of people were were totally giving up on him as as an NFL quarterback, and then it, it all kind of went uh, went the right way with with Sean McVay and with that uh, suddenly explosive Rams offense. So the past three years, quarterback 12, quarterback five, quarterback 13. Still has uh, two great receivers there, uh, and and a couple good tight ends as well. So uh, I, mean, I think the the shine has kind of come off of uh, of golf a little bit. I think he's probably uh, a little underrated, undervalued at this point. Not quite as excited about him as Carson Wentz, but uh, maybe another target to buy in your super flex leagues this year. Yeah, he's no doubt the 106 for sure. I think you're right about the 107 tear break, Ryan. Uh, let's see if you get the guy right. I'm sure you will, right? I hope so. Pressure's on. Uh, <laughs> I'll take um, I'll take Derrick Henry here. Uh, he was the second rounder uh, for the Titans uh, that year. Uh, was a top five rookie pick in in most drafts, uh, and and got off to a slow start with. Um, who was it guys? Was it DeMarco Murray there? Uh, yep. ran behind DeMarco Murray and then, uh, and then even had to share the backfield with, with Dion Lewis for a little bit, but he's improved each season. I mean, the more, the more touches they give him, the, the better he looks RB 15, uh, in 2018 RB five last year. And we're always worried about that receiving role. And, and I get that. I mean, I have that concern as well. But I think that has has hurt his value. I, I put it out on Twitter the other day as I was researching this. We talked about Thomas Rawls. We were all shocked last week that somehow Thomas Rawls was the RB7. The highest so far Derrick Henry has gotten in our Dynasty ADP is RB8. So just... Just that one that one year difference between those two classes really shows how many strong running backs we've had uh, come into the league over the past couple of years. And there's actually, uh, other than Ezekiel Elliott, there's actually another running back in this class who has a higher or who has hit a higher ADP than, than uh, Henry's RB8. We'll get to him later, but I was a little surprised to see that. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I was wondering to myself, Ryan and Matt will bring you into this as well. Derrick Henry, the new contract, everything happening there in Tennessee, seems there'll be a lot of momentum moving towards them being one of the better teams in that conference. And that coaching staff relying heavily on Derrick Henry being a big part of that offense. As a dynasty, excuse me, as a dynasty owner, Matt, how are you viewing Derrick Henry since the contract extension and him being locked in to Tennessee and that offense for at least a few more years? How are you seeing him and, and, and with his age and him being around for a few years now, him sliding to number number seven in this draft? Uh, how do you see him moving forward and how does he project as dynasty owner and, and, and what do you expect from him going forward? Uh, yeah, I, he's a he's a tough one for me. Uh, I, pro- I probably still have some bias from pre-draft evaluations. Just not someone I was really interested in at all. Mostly because he's not going to catch passes, and I, I like catch, pass catching running backs. So, uh, and I, I feel like I'm probably absolutely undervaluing him. But I personally would not take him anywhere near his ADP currently. I don't know, man. <laughs> he he just he just is not. I, I think last year was amazing, obviously, but without without that floor, he's not. He has to maintain that ridiculous efficiency, and not just him. That entire uh, Tennessee offense. You know, I, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, unfortunately. But uh, Lord Reeves was talking this week on a couple of podcasts, and just like incredible efficiency that that offense had, especially uh, down in the red zone. Uh, and I just think it's going to be very difficult to to ha- to do that again. So unless he's scoring super long touchdowns again every time he touches the ball then I think we're going to be struggling to see uh, you know certainly the level of production he had last year and if he's not going to catch the ball he doesn't have that floor for you either so I think he's he's, he's going to turn into one of these guys that you know, if you don't get a touchdown from him in a, in a week at the running back position, you're probably going to be pretty upset about it. Now, I think Henry is a, uh, certainly offers more juice than most of those guys that we're talking about. Guys like, you know, like maybe Mark Ingram could, could in the past could could fall into that ro- that role where you, if you don't get a touchdown, you're pretty pretty sad for the week. Uh, and Henry has more juice than that. But you know, it's in that same vein. Without that floor, the receiving ability, I'm just I'm a little bit worried about him, and I'm not willing to take him at current ADP, which is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Fringe, fringe first round pick at this point. Middle of the second round of the latest, I would guess. Yeah, uh, actually, more of a late second round. Pick. Okay. Um, but I'm with you. I, I probably wouldn't. I mean, if we're talking full startup, I don't think I would take him. I May mean, I have Dobbins um, right around the same range? Give me Dobbins. Yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Though, but he seems like the type of player that his his trade value maybe doesn't no. match that ADP. Uh, so, so if you're in the trade market and you're a contender and looking for that guy that can carry you in 2020 and maybe even 2021 and beyond Derrick Henry has some value and, and Matt, I completely understand what you say there about his PPR value and really agree with everything you said, but it seems to me that Derrick Henry is a little bit more of the exception rather than the rule because of that workload and that, that unbelievable pace that he has set. He, he is so efficient with those touches, and, and it really hasn't gone away throughout his, the early part of his career. He's gotten even more efficient throughout his career. 
I, I think there's at least a, a very good chance that he continues this efficiency and carries dynasty owners for at least the next couple of years, especially considering the contract, the stability with that offense and that coaching staff. I, I've come around a little bit on Derrick Henry. Not that I'm willing to invest in the late second round in, in Derrick Henry, but if somebody's willing to sell for a little bit less than that, and I'm a contender and looking for that RB2 to help carry me to a title, Derrick Henry's the ideal target. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I think I am definitely low on Derrick Henry, so do, please do not take necessarily take my advice on Derrick Henry. And you're absolutely right about his trade value. After last season, I, I, have, I have one share of De- Derrick Henry's actually in, in Kitchen Sink 4, and I uh, I did my best to move him. Could not really get anything for him. He didn't really uh, uh, generate the the rookie cash I thought he would in that particular auction. Um, and and you're right. If 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 he's not the sell that everybody said he was, you know, cash in on this guy. Because, but no one was able to really cash in on him. Maybe he is a buy from that perspective. Uh, so maybe not somebody you want to target in startup drafts, but maybe somebody you want to kick the tires on in a, a trade situation. Absolutely. I absolutely think so. Let's move on to the eighth pick in this draft, the 2016 Dynasty Rookie Do-Over. Matt, you're on the clock. Who you got here? Yeah, I kind of think this next guy is maybe in a tier of himself and not the biggest fan of this player, but Tyler Boyd uh, here at the at the eighth spot, someone you had to wait a couple of years on to really be effective. Um, I did like him coming out of college. Uh, I recognize the fact that he was never – probably going to be that elite wide receiver one because he, he kind of uh, lacks the athletic profile for that but just a solid solid receiver a great PPR receiver a great route runner uh, Sigma Bloom uses the term old man game and I feel like Boyd had that coming out just a savvy player smart player um, in the last two seasons uh, has has produced for us uh, in, in 2018 he was the wide receiver 17 and in 2019 just last year he was the the wide receiver 18 uh, the one concerning thing for me and I know that it's it's hard to really really trust anything with that Bengals offense uh, in the past. Hopefully that changes with Burrow in the future. But one thing I did note when looking at Tyler Boyd was that in his wide receiver 17 season in 2018, he just had 108 targets over over 14 games, 76 catches, 1,028 yards, and seven touchdowns. In 2019, that actually, uh, considering the target bump he got, 108 to 148 targets, just got him up to those 40 extra targets, just got him up to 90 catches and just about uh, about 20 yards more uh, total with 1,046 and two less touchdowns. So efficiency dropped a little bit. Um, but in, with A.J. Green back, uh, he probably is not going to hit that 148 target share. But he also has a history of producing well with A.J. Green in the lineup. So not really that worried about him. Uh, Joe Burrow hopefully will elevate him. I think he's just going to be, again, a solid wide receiver two type going forward. Never going to be that guy that, that really makes a huge difference for your team. But an anchor an anchor at that position that, that is very going to be very helpful for you know, the next three to four years, I would say at least. Yeah, I like Boyd as the eighth pick in this draft as well for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. And certainly not splashy, no sparkle with Tyler Boyd, a guy that I liked for sure, but he's going to get it done year in and year out. At least going forward, we had to wait a little bit on Tyler Boyd. I was actually able to to cash in on, on my Tyler Boyd love from back when he came out in 2016 after those that slow start uh able to grab him in a couple leagues and trades as add-ons and things like that uh i i still really like tyler boyd and and especially if you have him as your wide receiver three or a guy that is you're flexing week in and week out i think you should feel good about that 
I'm up at 109, and I, I think you guys are right. There was a tier break, and, and maybe even another t- tier break with Tyler Boyd. Uh, guys that are really close to that, I'm going to take Jordan Howard, and maybe that, that feels a little Ooh. bit gross to some dynasty owners. Um, but it, it's really going back to that production that you got early in his career, running back 10 as a rookie, running back 15 in his second year, running back 21, so still handling that running back two role in his third year. And then, of course, in 2019, uh, kind of moved down the ranks a little bit in his year uh, away from Chicago. Now, though, it seems, as you said earlier, Ryan, projecting going forward, at least in 2020, it feels like he's the lead back in Miami going to get a chance to to carry carry the load there at least in the running game maybe not necessarily in the passing game but certainly projects as a low-end running back too maybe even uh maybe even a little bit higher than that in 2020 and and that may even carry on into 2021 we'll see what happens so Howard really was higher in my rankings, guys, than I expected. When I looked over all these these players and how they finished over their first four years and what I project going forward, I saw Jordan Howard's name and expected him to be early in the second round, not at the ninth overall guy. I'm wondering what you guys felt about Howard and where he fell in your rankings. Yeah, I, I had Howard uh, 11 overall, so uh, a little bit lower than you, but definitely in that first-round range. And, and like you said, it's, it's mostly, about, um, mostly due to his production uh, early in his career. I think we've got a couple running backs in this range that are, are going in different directions. We've seen uh, Howard you know, steadily falling down the ranks as far as his uh, seasonal production. There's another running back uh, probably coming off the board soon who is, uh, seems to be climbing the ranks. Um, so I, I would have preferred him to Howard. Um, but yeah, absolutely in that first round group. Yeah, I considered the other running back for sure, and I'm actually going to bypass him at 110 as well. I'm going to go with the tight end position and go to the the other Henry in this class. That's Hunter Henry of the Chargers. And while there was a there were a lot of expectations early in his career, he got as high as the tight end four according to DLF ADP. He hasn't really reached those expectations. His finishes in his first couple seasons, tight end 18, then tight end 14, of course. He was playing behind Antonio Gates in San Diego early in his career. Then the big injury in 2018, followed by a tight end 9 finish in 2019. He's still a guy that's on the rise. I think we all see his upside. It still exists with Hunter Henry in that offense. And I I really feel like we, we haven't seen the best of Hunter Henry just yet. I had him and Howard right side by side at nine and 10, followed by that running back that you mentioned there, Ryan. Uh, I I like Hunter Henry uh, as a, a little bit more for, for his future projection more than what he's done to this point, kind of a, a low end mid to low end tight end one to this point in his career. I think he outperforms that going forward. I like that. I just, my concern with Henry is that he's like one one injury away from another like you know catastrophic injury away from 
the the value floor completely falling out on him but yeah disappearing yeah right i mean but you know as long as he's healthy as long as long as he's still going to be involved in this offense with either either tyrod or justin herbert you know it's hard to hard to argue with that i might have gone with uh, if i was going to take a tight end i might have gone with the other one in this in this range just because of what we've seen the last couple of seasons and a little bit more a little bit safer from an injury perspective but i have no problem with with henry in this tier yeah, it, it really felt like once we hit that Derrick Henry wall at 107, there was a lot of real similar players, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I actually like Henry uh, more than you guys. I had him as, as the eighth overall player right behind Derrick Henry, ahead of Tyler Boyd, uh, a tight end nine season last year. We kind of finally uh, see it all come together for him, and he is healthy, and Gates is finally, finally gone. Um, so I, I agree with what you said there at the end, Dan. I, I feel like he's trending up, and I think he's shown enough uh, so far in in his four years to warrant that uh, that pick in the in the eight to twelve range. Um, and to, to your point, Matt, I mean we saw him with that that season-ending injury. He missed the entire. Uh, what was that 2018 season? I think he actually came back for the playoffs, but he missed the entire fantasy season and his value essentially went unchanged. Usually we see that, that by low opportunity with players who are out for the season. It didn't happen with Hunter Henry. I'm, I'm not really sure why he, he never has felt like the, the super trendy player that could, uh, withstand a, a serious injury, but it happened. He, he remained a, a tight end one in our ADP even when he missed that season. My my take is that it the, the tight end landscape. I mean, you have a guy who's yeah, in a true, good offense true. and with a quarterback who has traditionally used the tight end. He doesn't have that quarterback anymore, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him uh, in that offense this year. I think he's absolutely number three in targets in that particular offense uh, of system with, with Tyrod Taylor, but you know maybe he outproduces Mike Williams again. Yeah, we'll see about that. Matt, you're on the clock at 111, and I think maybe there could be a case to be made that that there's a handful of players that belong right around here. Who are you going to pick? I'm actually – I think I might be reaching a little bit here, but I, I like I like the, the past production – and I like the future for this player better than a lot of the rest of the one this tier. Um, so I'm going to reach maybe a little bit and take Will Fuller, somebody who I was not on at all coming out. You know, I, I, I think we all joke that he had hands of stone, you know, a very limited route tree. Um, uh, but has shown in recent years when he can actually stay healthy, because that's always the thing with Will Fuller, right, is he can stay healthy, that he has in- incredible chemistry and the ability to connect with Deshaun Watson. Uh, in 2018, uh, we were, I think we all remember that stretch where he had like two two-touchdown games in a row followed by another uh, single-touchdown game and then another two-touchdown game. Uh, so he's pr- he's proven uh, the ability to score fantasy points for us. It's only going to be a question for health for him. Now we, we come to 2020, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. There's no real true number one receiver there that we see. Brandon Cooks, of course, coming over. Uh, and he's, he's a bit of a concern, but, you know, five, five concussions, I think, documented on his case as well. So the injuries are, are not, uh, not, not safe in that range. Uh, Kenny Stills, another deep threat uh, that can do a little bit more underneath. But I really think that's, that Fuller is the guy. As long as he can be healthy, he's going to be the, the, the difference maker in that offense with Deshaun Watson. And now his price tag is, is 
is is palatable. You know, he was going in the fifth fifth sixth round. Uh, uh, you know, even back in 2019, I believe, uh, early in 2019, he was up. He was in that fifth, sixth round range. Now you can get him down uh, at the hundredth player overall and wide receiver 49. So the kind of upside he presents going forward, combined with the 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 ability to produce when he's on the field uh, in the past, makes me want to reach a little bit for Fuller here. This is news to the dynasty uh dlf dynasty podcast community because as the resident kiki cutie uh truther <laughs> they're they're not expecting yeah. you to you to go with will fuller right here no but I mean, kiki's he's in bill o'brien's doghouse and we know what happens when you get in bill o'brien's doghouse you you pretty much never come out so pour one out for kiki <laughs> cutie. i mean there's a slot role there i think if, if fuller isn't going to take that or they don't move cooks in that range but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Randall Cobb. <laughs> oh, Randall Cobb, Hat whatever. Tip, buddy. I, I like that. <laughs> Ryan, I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, early on in this exercise, I thought to myself, man, it'd be, it'd be best to have the last pick. Uh, or, or really the, the third pick in this because you get a guy like Tyreek Hill and Dak Prescott, but I like what you've done to this point. You got Michael Thomas at the top, who I thought was the number one player, and I think there's a clear 112 the way things have kind of fallen. Go ahead and pick him. Yeah, I hope so. He, he's the next guy on my board. Uh, real quick, though, just going back to the, the Fuller pick, I mean, we all kind of know what kind of game he has, and we know about the injury history as well. One thing I've I've been looking at to help make these decisions over the past three episodes is the the percentage of their games that these players have been top twelve at their position or top twenty four at their position, and and that data just really reinforces how how much uh, of a boom or bust player Will Fuller is. He's been a wide receiver one, which is uh, clearly not. Not easy, easy to do, even on a week-by-week basis. He's been a wide receiver one in 24% of his games, uh, the second in this class only behind, of course, Michael Thomas. Uh, he's been a wide receiver two in 2% of his games. So he's basically <laughs> a wide receiver one or he's giving you nothing. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you just have to uh, find those right weeks with Will Fuller and, and the weeks that he's going to stay healthy. But... Uh, on to my pick, the 112. I'm going to take Kenyon Drake here. Clear 112. Man, that's a value right there. Yeah, I, I had Drake ranked 10th in this class. Uh, the, the the current starter of the uh, for the Cardinals and, and really blew up the second half of the season for them. Ended up finishing as the RB17, even though he basically didn't even play uh, the first part of the season when he was with the Dolphins. But I was actually surprised looking back at his production, uh, his season-long production the the previous two years, RB16 in 2018 with Miami and RB30 the year before that. So it's not just, uh, it's not just the past uh, 10 weeks of, of football that we've seen from him. He, he has been, steadily improving uh during his his career and of course he is the he's the player i was referencing when uh when we talked about jordan howard that howard's trending down and drake obviously trending up i like the Kenyon drake pick for sure i would have taken him over will fuller uh i had a hard time between the howard henry and Kenyon drake were kind of in a tier together i might have made a mistake there maybe you were right drake drake might have been the better pick over jordan howard 
Uh, before we get to round two, let's talk about our friends over at n- monkeyknifefight.com. They're our latest sponsors, guys, and they're the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. Monkey Night Fight is giving you free money and free dynasty football content with your initial deposit. Are you ready to rumble? Open a new account with a minimum $10 deposit at Monkey Night Fight and you will receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership for all of you that are DLF members already and thinking, oh no, I can't, I can't cash in on this new offer from DLF and Monkey Knife Fight. You absolutely can go over to monkeyknifefight.com. They'll also match your initial deposit, doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. The Monkey Knife Fight features football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, so much more. You'll find plenty of entertaining contest options, even in uh, in these uncircum, uh, un- uncertain times that we're facing right now. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you're uh, if you can correctly predict the outcome of any game or, or any player's performance, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals, nobody nobody really to prevent you from claiming your prize over at Monkey Knife Fight. You'll you'll you will not uh, not get that whole algorithm thing. You guys won't get hooked and, and get sunk into this matchup with a bunch of sharks out there. Um, it, it's all it's all clear. It's all easy to do over at monkeyknifefight.com. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match. And uh, also get your free membership or your free extension to your membership over at dynastyleaguefootball.com. Uh, do it all over at monkeyknifefight.com. Guys, we got we got a little bit of time to get through a second round over here uh, with our 2016 Dynasty Rookie uh, Redraft, really. Ryan, you're back on the clock at 201. Who you got here? Got Austin Hooper, third-round pick uh, for the Falcons back then. Now uh, the new highest-paid tight end in NFL Yuck. history with the Cleveland Browns. I know, kind of <laughs> kind of crazy to think about that. Uh Slow start to his career, but uh, just just like most tight ends, honestly. But has given us a tight end six season the past two years. Uh, honestly, I'm a little worried about how he transitions to the Browns. I like the Falcons' offense a lot better for uh, for a tight end. But um, a, a couple of tight end one seasons, pretty good in the second round. Matt, you're up at the 202. Who you got here? Yeah, another, uh, you know, in the same vein as, as Tyler Boyd, I think. I'm going to take Sterling Shepard here, uh, someone who hasn't been quite as successful yet in his NFL career as as Tyler Boyd, but, again, a very, an excellent route runner. I don't really know who the wide receiver one is on New York. Maybe it's Sterling Shepard. Maybe they don't have a wide receiver one. Maybe it's all three of those guys, uh, including Darius Slayton and Gordon, uh, excuse me, Golden Tate. Um, but uh, always liked him. You know, some concussions last year that are a bit of a concern. Um, but, again, a solid, I think, you know, a flex starter at, 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 or, or an injury bye week fill-in at a very minimum. So uh, I think the best uh, best we have yet to see from Sterling Shepard is, is coming up. So hopefully he can stay healthy and uh, continue to produce. Yeah, I like that pick for sure. There's another player that's probably pretty similar to Sterling Shepard, at least according to his production. It's Robbie Anderson. 
a little bit of a slow start early in his career. I'm going to take him at 203. Uh, After that slow first season, wide receiver 18 in year two, fell off to wide receiver 37 in year three, and then wide receiver 40 in year four. There's still some upside, a little bit at least, with Robbie Anderson. I'll take him here at 203 and then follow that up at 204 with tight end Tyler Higby. And I I think if we did this exercise maybe seven or eight months ago, guys, uh, Tyler Higby would slip a lot lower in these rankings. But that that late season resurgence that that all of a sudden uh, catapulted dynasty owners into grabbing him off of waiver wires and making him their starter immediately. Uh, Higby helped guys get to get to the title game and, and, and really win dynasty championships. Tyler T- Higby certainly has some upside going forward. I was interested when I looked at this list, guys, and saw all these players. Higby was the name that jumped off because I wasn't. There, there's so many different opinions. A lot of people think it was a flash in the pan. I seem to think he, he fits in that offense, and that offense wants to use him. I think Higby has a lot of good things coming his way. He's a guy I'm investing in this offseason. I'll take him at 204. Matt, you're back on the clock at 205. And here's where we start falling off a cliff. Uh, I think there's really one guy left who's okay, but not really, you know, unless an injury situation happens, we're probably not going to see too much production from him in the future. Uh, maybe he ends up as a bridge quarterback somewhere, but that's going to be Jacoby Brissett for me. Uh, you know, started off on the Patriots, was quickly traded to the Indianapolis Colts after his uh, after his uh, rookie season and started for the Colts uh, in 2017 when Andrew Luck was injured. Uh, very conservative quarterback, uh, not going to throw a lot of interceptions, but not really going to you know challenge defenses very much either. Also started in, in 2019, of course, and now has been replaced by Phillip Rivers. So there's a chance we see some more from him uh, in a super flex format. Uh, you know, he's still on a bunch of rosters. He's still on a few of my rosters, so he, he's still a worthy pick, I think. Yeah, he fits right here for sure. Ryan, you got a couple picks in the middle of the second round what do you got here yeah i'm i'm really excited to make these picks uh <laughs> can, we, can we just stop now yes uh, i think this is 18 overall i'm going to take the player i ranked 18th uh which is alex collins uh running back uh mostly for the ravens uh during his career i, I believe he gave us a, a rb19 season overall so a an RB2 season as uh, as a second-year player. He got up to RB23 in our ADP and 54 overall uh, in ADP. And, and then things kind of fell apart. Some off-field issues for him. Uh, the Ravens brought in Mark Ingram, and, and that was the beginning of the end for his career. But um, he, he, had, he had a little flash there, so I'll take... Alex Collins uh, with with my first. Alex pick Collins here. helped me win a big matchup a few years ago, so he he's got a he's got a soft spot. In my I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Alex Collins. I'll forever remember that name for sure. Uh, certainly a guy I thought I'd end up with in this draft because of that one week where he had the big game. Ryan, you're back on the clock at two oh seven. Who you got here? Um, yeah, it it, it gets even worse. I think uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm going to take Geronimo Allison. Uh, He was undrafted that year, um, picked up, of course, by the Packers and and hung around with them for a while. Really just kind of that that 
end of bench guy that you you hoped would be something for the Packers. And I think the probably the best thing we can say about him right now is he's still in the league. He got a contract. He got a contract from the Lions, and and hit a high point of wide receiver forty nine in our. But ADP. was never a guy that you could say, "Hey, I'm going to start Geronimo Allison this week." It it never really worked out, uh, and that's where we're at in this 2016 class. Matt, can can you do better than Geronimo Allison? I think actually oh, I can. At least if we're talking about about production, uh, Jalen Richard, I think for the Raiders, we saw him get extended this year, seven million dollar contract. I think three point seven guaranteed, which is you know not not small money for a backup running back, uh, someone who has been a receiving back since he's come into the league. He's actually has not caught less than uh, 27 receptions in any season. In 2018, he caught 68. Uh, last year, uh, a thorn in the side of Josh Jacobs' owners, 36 receptions on 43 targets, and they brought him back. Uh, you know, Lynn, Lynn Bowden is there now, of course, too, and is probably going to play a similar, similar role. But, um, you know, Jalen Richard is going to catch some balls this year. So uh, still maybe not necessarily a dynasty asset or a fantasy asset, um, but, you know, a productive NFL player. Yeah, that that was that, better. It was slightly better. <laughs> that was better. I don't know if I can do better. Geronimo Allison's yeah, Geronimo Allison's best season uh, was actually last year. Wide receiver eighty eight. So yeah, bad, bad pick. Uh, I got a couple picks here at two oh nine and two ten. I'll start it off with Peyton Barber, who wasn't drafted in any rookie drafts back in twenty sixteen. But was added, uh, like, late in his second year. He started getting a couple opportunities. By the time he rolled around into his third year, he finished the season as RB31. He was certainly useful that season back in 2018. Uh, there were times when we were leaning on him as, as a pickup in Dynasty Leagues, and he, he really paid off. Uh, nothing great, but some double-digit games and, and helped hold down that flex spot or whatever you needed back in 2018. Peyton Barber is the 209. And then at 210, I'm, I'm really, uh, really torn, actually. There, there aren't a lot of guys left on the list as far as I'm concerned. I'm... I guess I'll go with DeAndre Washington. Um, never really was all that productive for your dynasty roster. Certainly wasn't a guy that you could depend on at any point in his career to this point. Uh, but but caught a few passes, was known as a pass catcher. If you happen to pick the week where, where he caught a few passes, he could hold over a position for you. Got as high as running back 36, according to DLF ADP. I guess that's something if you cashed in back then. DeAndre Washington is the 210. Matt, who you got at 211? Yeah, it's it's gross. Uh, I want to take you guys back, though, to the 2016 offseason when Tajay Sharp was the hottest thing in dynasty maybe not the hottest thing that's probably a stretch but he was pretty hot he had the, he was one of those slow drumbeat players just impressing in camp uh someone who we were not on at all as the dynasty community until that happened uh and you know never really materialized but he had three okay seasons in tennessee i guess uh it never never was going to be a, a starter in fantasy maybe a couple of games here and there but he ends up in minnesota now where you know there is a question a question b- uh, behind uh, uh adam thielen and and justin jefferson so maybe tajay sharp can emerge as that third guy a, a third receiving option not over the two tight ends of course but just in terms of the wide receiver position he might be able to emerge as that third guy there so you know uh maybe some hope probably not <laughs> 
Ryan, you got <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant this week. There is a clear Mr. Irrelevant here. Well, I'm I'm going I'm not going that way. Whoever you're thinking, I'm going I'm going a different direction. Uh you know, there we talked about last week with the the, the 2015 class that there were these first round wide receiver landmines. We were drafting Nelson Aguilar and guys like that in the first round back then. And, and it was even worse uh, in this, this class of 2016, because other than Elliot, uh, the, the two, three, four picks in most one quarterback drafts were Laquan Dreadwell, Corey Coleman, and Josh Dotson. And, and uh, we got, uh, I mean, we got, what guys we got like less than 600 combined fantasy Yuck. points from those three players total in their career. Um, but one of those wide receivers that we talked about last week, that was a landmine for, for years and years until this past season was Devonte Parker. And I'm just wondering if one of these guys, maybe Laquan Treadwell can be that guy this year. I mean, he, he never did anything in Minnesota. Easily got outproduced by uh, by Stefan Diggs and uh, and Adam Thielen and, and pretty much everybody there. Uh, he's moved to Atlanta. Could he be the the wide receiver three behind Julio and and Calvin Ridley there? And and could we actually see some fantasy production from from no. Laquan Treadwell? No, no. McDowell, you nailed it. He he was the clear. 24th pick in this draft. There were so many of us on Twitter back in 2016 saying, Hey, if you don't, if you think Treadwell's the number one pick and you're holding the number one pick, you got to trade down to two. You got to get something for that. Don't take Treadwell at two. You'll obviously get something for it. And I was one of those guys giving that advice. I, I didn't necessarily think that you should take Treadwell, but he was worthy of the conversation. At, at the very least, it, it was a fun conversation to have. And Treadwell had so much, he was dripping with upside back in 2016. And none of that happened. And, and part of my brain, Ryan, thinks going back to then is he landed in Minnesota and and Thielen was there and emerging and, emerging and, and Diggs arrived. And, and he never truly got an opportunity in a run first offense where, where they wanted to play defense and, and didn't necessarily want to get all those wide receivers on the field and spread things out. There's a shred of cha- of a chance with Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell had a, a little bit of a chain reaction for me. I had no Treadwell because if I had that pick, I was up there. I was definitely taking Zeke. And, and if I was in that wide receiver area, don't don't worry, it didn't get any better for me. I was taking Corey Coleman. Good job. But Lacan <laughs> Treadwell, because of his athletic, yeah, right, because of his athletic profile, he caused me to miss, I think, on, on Juju. Like I was totally out on Juju coming out because similar athletic profile, somebody who didn't really do well at the combine, someone who, who won in a similar way. Uh, and so I missed a lot out on a lot of Juju. So thanks a lot, Laquan hey, Treadwell. You Matt, jerk. it could have been worse. You could have been the guy that took Laquan Treadwell everywhere and then said, and, and then got nothing from him and said, I'm not taking anybody like him and said no to Juju on top of it. So it could have been way worse, but yeah, he, he did come back and help me a little bit though. in in 2019 draft, cause I, I mean, maybe he's going to still do something. I still have a little bit of faith in Nikhil Harry, but again, one of those guys who, you know, lives, lives with somebody in his back pocket, doesn't create a lot of separation. And, uh, you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't really have any Harry last year. So I guess in the end you helped me out. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks buddy. 
<laughs> I could stand on a soapbox and say, hey, I wasn't all about Laquan Treadwell back in 2016. I was the guy saying, hey, Josh Doxson's going to be a thing, and he didn't even go in the top yeah. 24 here. Other guys that didn't go that were pretty popular back in 2016, Corey Coleman, of course, that you mentioned there. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, another guy that, that kind of disappeared. CJ Procise. Leonte Carew kind of came out of nowhere late in camp and, and became a first-round pick in a lot of drafts. Uh, other guys like Devontae Booker, who, if I'm not mistaken, is still hanging around. Wendell Smallwood, Rashard Higgins, uh, some late guys as well. So uh, we had a lot of fun on the 2016 version of the 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 rookie draft redo or the do-over, fellas. We're going to move on to 2017 next week and have a lot of fun as well. You better give me the number one pick, Dan. I'm just saying. You, you know you got to give me the number one pick in 2017. No, you can't have it. <laughs> it's too clear let's see if somebody faux pas huh maybe, maybe you'll get it at, get him at two it might happen buddy uh that's gonna do it for this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast thanks for listening uh we'll catch you again next week.